0: Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, let's stay standing. Those joining us online, we're going to take a moment. We're going to take a moment and pray over the school year. How many have kids in school, going back to school, kids in homeschool? All sorts of things are happening, and we were gonna bring all the kids up at Hillsong Kids, but how you know, COVID-19 makes everything a logistic nightmare, so we just decided, hey, the the, the prayers of a righteous man and woman availeth much, and we're just gonna declare and believe for peace, for healthy, for safety, for strength, and it was not a wasted semester that they actually, and especially, I believe, for the kids of Hillsong, Kansas City, that they're securing their future, their education, they're moving forward and they're bringing light into dark places, amen? Can you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you, not just for this Sunday, but for this season. I'm here to declare a change in the atmosphere of our city over a generation that's being raised up at Hillsong Kids for every school system from KCMO to KCK to the suburbs and beyond. We pray your protection, your plan. We pray over the generation that's being brought up in Kansas City, that they will secure not just an education but a revelation of the living God. We thank you for faculty and teachers, for Dr. Bedell, for our universities, that there is a generation rising up, stepping into their place of kingdom calling, taking the message of Jesus, to places it's never been. So Lord, we thank you and we come into agreement today that they're not just at peace, they're not just protected, but you are promoting your kids in this season. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, can I get an amen? Come on, those online, can I get an amen as well? Awesome. Hey, grab your seats. Give it over to the worship team, amazing job. Jeff, you you came out of uh, stay-at-home looking more and more Christ-like. I have a hunch who's gonna play Jesus in the Christmas play and the Easter spectacular. I didn't, we don't even do that. But anyways, it's good to have you in church. If you're brand new to Hillsong Church, maybe watching online for the very first time. I'm Kyle, and along with my lovely wife Liz. I get the huge honor of pastoring this church, a part of Hillsong Church Global, and what an honor it is. You know, two weeks ago, I, I preached a message uh, called Help Me, I'm Stuck. That stuck happens to everyone It's a situation you can't always avoid, but it is a situation you can choose to stay in or to leave behind. It's a decision you make. Last week, I talked about Forever Friends, that the people that you do life with can either pin you down or help promote you. It's important who you allow close. And today, honestly, what started as just a standalone two weeks ago, it's kind of just becoming a series. I I wanna speak about where we have problems with, with people. How many know when we combine the two, being stuck and the people around us, we can have some problems with people, good people and bad people. There could be problem situations. How many have ever been frustrated, alienated, angry, let down, betrayed because of a person in your life? Anybody other than me, come on. Every one of us have had people, problems. It happens to all of us. It says in Romans 12, verse 18, Romans 12, verse 18, if it is possible. How many know there's some problem people in your life? You can't change them. They've chosen their own will and their own way. We can pray for them. But if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, there's something for you to do. Live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. I want to pray. Lord Jesus, we need your help. In this broken world, there's tons of people, including us, with baggage, with hang-ups with attitudes and behaviors and sometimes there comes a conflict, a crisis, a struggle, a betrayal that maybe many of us even in the room watching online are still stuck in a problem place with another person. Your word says With the sun sets free Jesus is truly free free in our inside world and although we cannot change people but we can love them, we can do your word. And as far as it depends on us here at Hillsong, Kansas City, help us walk in peace with all people. And Lord, I thank you. You're going to bring breakthrough from those who have been stuck in a difficult situation with somebody else. You're bringing breakthrough, restoration, and healing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you, my friend. Phenomenal. Uh, As always, what an amazing worship team we have here. Participation in peace with people. There's something for you to do. We can always blame and point at other people, and I realize I've been wronged sometimes when I didn't do anything wrong. I know many of us here, probably everyone here, there's a moment where I was frustrated with someone, maybe they were a friend or just a person I barely knew, something they said, something they did, and I found myself stuck in that offense, frustrated at them, And maybe they didn't even remember it. Maybe they didn't even mean it with ill will, but it's stuck in my heart. And when we get stuck in our hearts with problems with people, it can slow down your God promotion. Listen, when God wants to challenge you and to change you, when God wants to move you forward, he usually sends a person, a helper. That's why last week's message is so important. Who am I doing life with? Who is pulling me into the eternal, my forever friends? You know, the enemy, in the same way, when he wants to challenge you and to change you and to stop you, he usually sends a person into your life, a person with something that they say or didn't say, something that they do or didn't do, someone who said they'd have your back, but they talked behind your back. We all have people problems. I want to speak today on overcoming people problems. Now, some people are just a problem unto themselves. But even good people, even God people, people trying to live right and do right will do others wrong from time to time. And we all have. We all have people problems because we all have people in our life and all people have some problems. If you're a perfect person, you've got the problem of pride in your life. I don't have a lot of people problems in my life, Pastor Kyle. Well, it's because you probably don't have anybody in your life. Because any time we are close, there's the opportunity for friction. And friction can either make us better, like the Bible says, that iron sharpens iron, or it can dull us down. It can ding us up. It, It can bring promotion or it can bring pain. And there are some killers when it comes to our community and unity and God opportunity. And some of them are things like offense, unforgiveness, and bitterness, these are not fun things to preach about on a Sunday, but they are significant things because you can't make it through your Monday through Saturday carrying offense and still be open for every God opportunity that's in front of you. Matthew 17, verse 1, the words of Jesus. He said to his disciples, Offenses will certainly come. Jesus says, There is no way around the opportunity. For offense. One translation says that Jesus says there are stumbling blocks. And if we don't learn how to hurdle them, they will hurt you. They're coming your way. They've already been in your way. And some of you have never made your way through an offense with another person. And this is exactly why you are stuck in your situation. we got to learn to overcome people's problems. People's attitudes and actions and words and behavior will trip you up. But God, Jesus says, these are going to happen. But they happen to you as a test. And yet if you don't pass the test, if you don't clear the stumbling block, if you allow the offense to sink in, what was meant to just be a test to refine you, and make you better becomes a trap that you never leave. And I meet with people all the time that are still trapped in a painful people problem, sometimes a decade or more ago. In fact, some of the people that we're offended against might be a parent or a sibling or someone in our life that's not even alive anymore, but the pain is still alive in our inside world. When offense comes and unforgiveness is chosen, bitterness begins to grow, and nothing will kill your forward progress quite like an offense that happens with a problem person. Again, not all people are problem people because we often have problems with the right people in our world as well. In fact, the relationships that are closer to you are normally a greater opportunity for more offense. This is why the enemy loves, used to use insecurity and pride misunderstanding and miscommunication, to scramble up unity, pull us apart from each other, because the Bible talks about it over and over again, and I touched on it last week, how important it is that we do life in partnership, that one can send a thousand enemies on the run, yet two can send 10,000. That when we are in one accord, as it said about the church in the upper room, the Holy Spirit shows up with power, but when we're in discord, the enemy rules and reigns in that place of conflict. Are we all listening today? Talk back to your preacher today. I'm going to be offended at you, and I'm going to applause the campus where I know they're going to give me lots of love, just like I know online is giving me thumbs up, prayer hands, hallelujah, goat emojis. Listen, offenses that settle with a problem person or a person that you have a problem with, if not dealt with. Listen, the offense becomes a fence. It becomes a barrier where the good things and the God things can't get in and you can't break out. You think you're holding something against somebody else because of what they said or did. The reality is it's holding you. Offense, if not dealt with, becomes a fence where the God things can't get in and you can't break out. You wonder why you're stuck sometimes. You need to look and investigate your heart. Am I holding something against somebody else? God does not you to, God wants you to pass the test and not let it become a trap. See, listen, if we don't manage problem people or people with problems, if we allow their behavior to control our behavior, then they will manage and control us from having the breakthrough. It becomes offense. You know, I have a, we have a dog, um, his name is Cub, it's not because we're a fan of the North Side Chicago baseball team, it's just the name, he looked like a little polar bear cub and we named him Cub, and uh, to know Cub is to love Cub, and to love no Cub is also to hate Cub, because Cub is a, what I call a 10-year-old puppy. I realize as the man of the house, this is not chauvinistic, I just felt like I was supposed to train him and I have failed him. And he is not trained. He's a 10-year-old puppy. And anytime time we go on a walk, walks are normally short-lived because I get frustrated because he keeps trying to pull. And in his lunacy of his little dog brain, he thinks his 12 pounds can outpull 15 times that amount of weight. And I win every single time. But I get frustrated because I'm tired of this little game. You're not breaking free because when you run Wild Cub, you're going to get run over. And so I'm gonna protect you and I'm gonna hold you back. You know, an offense in our life is like an invisible leash that someone else is holding onto. You're allowing someone else to hold on to your freedom, your future, your fulfillment. Some of you are chained to someone else in your inside world. Again, what did they do? What did they say? We don't even sometimes know what people really meant, but we just heard it the way that hurt us and we hold on to that hurt. We're held back by this, this leash, but this offense leash is not around your neck. It's, around, it's in your own hand. The reality is this, you're holding it too. And it's holding you to a person that may or may not even want to have hurt you. I realize in this room online right now in our church, a lot of people have been hurt with intentionality. But many times, just because we're broken people, we hurt people unknowingly with something we say, an action or a behavior or an attitude. The other day, we ordered food to go, and the the person on the line we were calling was so rude that my immediate reaction, I actually know the owner of that restaurant. My first thought was, I'm finding out this girl's name. I am getting her fired. As I'm big on like customer service and hospitality, and that was little old Ginger Kyle trying to lash back, but then I begin to think, I don't know what kind of day she had. I mean, she's probably making $9 an hour. She might be 19 years old. I don't know what kind of parents she had. Maybe I should cut her some slack, but I did leave a little bit of a smaller tip than normal, but that's my own smallness. Anyways, you think the offense is a leash around your heart or your neck it's in your own hand. And if you don't learn to let it go, you allow someone else to be your master, someone else to trap you from making momentum. You can let it go at any moment. The problem is as the longer we hold on to it, the more it feels like home. The longer we hold on to it, the more it feels like our identity is around this discord or disunity, and offense has no place in the believer's heart. Or home. If we gathered all the offended Christians in Kansas City, we would have the largest church in American history. On that first Sunday, we would need five services at Arrowhead just to hold everybody. Here's the problem though as soon as the first song was played, 10% would leave because they don't like how loud the drums are. The second song was played, it wasn't Oceans by Hillsong, the other 10% that care that much about worship would leave. When someone got up to receive the moment of giving, 30% would leave because they knew that church was just after their money. By the time someone preached the first words of the sermon, the first scripture, someone would leave because they don't like that translation. Week one, it'd be the biggest church in American history. The second week, there'd be nobody there because offended people are really great at finding more offense. And we get pulled out of what could be potentially powerful because of a problem with another person. We all track in with me today. You can let go of it at any moment. I personally believe that people problems are a sign of something significant in your life. I I personally believe that discord that could happen is an opportunity for forgiveness and unity. That when that happens, the Bible commands a blessing in that place We're not in uniformity where we agree about everything, but we're in humility and unity, which produces something beautiful that the world would look at and say, wow, it's amazing how they didn't let that get in between them and that relationship. I think adversity happening now in relationships is a sign of destiny is coming next. I think adversity happening now is a sign that destiny is on the way. Because the enemy knows when we get in right alignment, we will fulfill greater assignment. The enemy knows that when we're in unity, there's power in that participation. So he throws some problems, some attitudes and actions at us to get us at each other to stop what God wants to bless. I think opposition actually happens when you're stepping into your God position It happens all the time. Uh, The reason I know that is look at the life of Jesus. Nobody was after Jesus' throat when he was just a carpenter. Nobody was after Jesus for those first 30 years, minus King Herod in the very beginning. But we don't hear of any problems that Jesus had early on. But as soon as he steps into the position of Messiah into calling into what God had positioned him for, all of a sudden the Sadducees and the Pharisees are circling around him trying to take him out because sometimes being in position makes you an opposition of the enemy and the enemy normally uses people to get at your heart and to stop your progress. So instead of fighting this invisible war with someone that they might not even know they're participating in, you've got to learn to fly above the fence. You've gotta learn to use the opposition and adversity to make you more like Jesus, not to hold you back from the plan and purpose of heaven for your life. Are y'all offended at me because you're real quiet? I heard two amens over there. I'm not offended at you. In New Zealand, 40% of the birds do not fly. When I think about a bird, the first characteristic of a bird is flight. That's why birds are birds. I know this is like deep Bill Nye the science guy here. Birds fly. But in New Zealand, and this isn't a declaration of natural selection or evolution, it's just over the years, the flightless birds have thrived because they don't have any predators. Do you know that people problems are actually there to push you forward and to make you better? But the same thing that can strengthen you could be the thing that silences you and stops you. This is the crossroads of our Christ-like decisions. What will we do when something's coming against me? Pilots prefer to fly into the wind. You would think that it would be the opposite, but they understand the power of lift. Lift that when they get moving in the right direction, even in opposition, it actually transforms them to be able to go higher quicker. The same way as your Bible says that you're to mount up like wings like eagles means you're gonna have some pushback and storm in your life and situations with people you might struggle with, but it's actually there to take you higher. Or you can allow the winds of adversity to keep you down. I think it creates opportunity, and you need to know how to set your wings, set your perspective. Jesus did that. When the people around him were putting him to death, he set his perspective on heaven. What did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't even know the fullness of what they are doing, they don't even know what kind of pain. They're not really causing me what they're doing to themselves right now. I'm not looking at the winds against me. I'm looking up to the one who's for me. And I think if you want to mount up, go to new levels. Get over the fence that's been holding you back. You can't whine when the wind comes. The people problems you can't allow them to keep you miserable anymore. You've got to learn to let go of that leash once and for all because what's facing you can either exhaust you or it can elevate you. Why do we have people problems? I think the number one reason, insecurity and pride. We've got people problems because they have insecurity and pride or we have insecurity and pride. Put those two together and you've got yourself a combo for staying stuck. And this is why God wants to grow you up into the fullness of your God future. And sometimes he's gonna use friends and foes They come against you to see how you handle it. These stumbling blocks are coming. You can either hurdle them or they can hurt you. You can either come over the test or stay trapped in that moment because insecurity always creates animosity between people. There's a crazy story in the Old Testament from 2 Samuel. Uh, I don't know if you've read this one before, but I read it this week. And it talks about how insecurity creates opportunity for offense. It says this, in the course of time, the king of the Ammonites died and his son Hanun succeeded him as king, not Hunan, by the way, some of you are already offended. David thought, I will show kindness to Hanun, son of Nahish, we need to bring these names back, just as his father shown kindness to me, reciprocity for right relationship. So David sent a delegation to express his sympathy to the new king concerning the fallen king. The king had died. David sends a party to mourn, but there's a problem. Person that gets into the ear of the new young king and begins to breed some insecurity. Be careful who you're listening to. And in this, and it says, "Hey, David's actually sent these guys only to explore the city, to spy it out, to overthrow it." So it says that the new king sees David's envoy, shaved off half of each man's beard cut their garments up the backside and sent them away. Full disclosure, I changed a word there. It actually said cut it up to the buttocks, but the junior higher in me was not gonna allow that to be preached today. Cut it up the back. So in other words, he's exposing them. He's shaving off their beard, but these men were sent to do the king's will, which was a good will. It was a good thing. And they're attacked by someone who's insecure, feeling inferior, and there's an offense. Because listen, you can be on the king's mission, doing what's right, and still be under attack. They were falsely accused. You ever try to do or say the right thing? Only have it come off exactly the opposite of what you intended? Another way of saying that is, have you ever been married Come on, you thought you were doing the right thing, only to happen the opposite effect of what you thought it would do. Husbands. Let me just tell you, never buy your wife an article of clothing. Never. And I mean ever. Because if you get a size too small, she's going to say, "Hmm, is this what you want me to be?" Is this how you want me to look? Is this what I should be for you? And Lord, help you if you get a size too big. You're going to be sleeping on on the couch way after stay-at-home is done. (laughs) Two words for you, gift card, and move on. (laughs) They shave their beards, they cut their robes, they expose them, Middle Eastern culture Back then and still to this day, the beard represents prestige and honor, authority, longevity, wisdom. And they disrespected them for trying to do the right thing. Verse 5 says, when David was told about this, he sent messengers to meet the men, for they were greatly humiliated. What they did to me hurt me inside. The king said, hey, listen, guys, don't come back home with that hurt. Don't come back home with that humiliation. Don't bring that back here to God's house. Don't bring the offense in close to other people. Stay in Jericho till your beards have grown and then come back. Don't bring that humiliation here. Don't bring that offense here. Did David not care about them? Of course he did. He cared enough about them to tell them, stay away. Stay out there until this thing gets settled, until that grows back, until the right response can happen. It's interesting that David tells him to stay in Jericho. Jericho, the name, literally means the fragrant place, the sweet-smelling place. The king says, don't come back here with that hostility and that hurt. Stay in the sweet place as long as you need to until that covering grows back until that character comes alive, until that which was what was so painful is just something you don't even remember anymore. Stay there until you can keep your honor and keep your heart right. Stay in the sweet place. We all have to make the decision. When I am offended and it will happen, will I do what the king says? Matthew chapter 5 we'll get to in a moment our king of kings and lord of lords has told us how to handle problems with people sermon on the mount is a master class on how to deal with conflict with others even other believers when offense comes your way it can't stay in your heart until you can get to a sweet place until you can get over the thing that's hurt you, you gotta be careful where you go with that offense. Remember, problem people normally have a problem with people that make progress in their life. Even when you try to do the right thing, they'll treat you the wrong way. Daniel had an excellent spirit and they threw him in the lion's den. Joseph had the favor of the Father on his life and they sold him into slavery. Jesus was perfect. And they lied about him, persecuted even took him to the cross. Problem people have a problem with people that are making progress in their life. Many times the wounds that you feel from the people that are around you, the enemy will use to limit you. You think you're holding something against you, no, that is the leash you're holding on to that's limiting your freedom. Three words for you that might help you today if you've been offended, welcome to life. It's happening to all of us. And it happens to all of us all the time. I realize some offenses are greater. I realize some places of pain are more significant. I realize pains from a father or a mother. We might need some counseling, some prayer, some fasting even to get over into forgiveness. It is real, the, the hurts of a heart. But you need to stay in the sweet place, in the right place until the right thing can be said and done out of your mouth and out of your heart. When you get offended, go to the right place. Jesus says in Matthew 5, here we go. God blesses you. When people mock you and persecute you and lie about you, Jesus, can this list keep going on? Yes, it can. And say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For when you get it right, when you don't get down to that level, when you soar a little higher, when it doesn't become a fence that keeps the God things out and keeps you from breaking out, You will get a reward, and it awaits you, not always in the here and now, in heaven where it matters the most. This Ammonite king is so insecure, he can't have winners around him. And when he gets news that David's coming to make things right, he hires thousands of other warriors to stand there by his side. When problem people can't stop you, they enlist other people in the attack. Insecure people always attract insecure people. You need to know that. That's why you got to stay in the right place, in the right heart, until you have a right response. Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, Dear friends, never take revenge. Dear friends, never fight back. Dear friends, Don't fight fire with fire, never take revenge. Leave that righteous anger of God. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, God says, I will take revenge. I'll pay them back. The Lord really only claims three things as his own in the scripture. first one is his people. You're my chosen people. I'm grateful to be chosen by God, what a blessing. Secondly, he says the tide, that's my portion. That belongs to me. And third, it says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. His people, his portion, and his payback. And we don't go to the sweet place and be like, okay, God, you're gonna get them. No, we pray. The Bible says, pray for those that persecute you. Love those that hurt you. That's what Jesus says. I remember about four or five years ago I was preaching back in my hometown, and it wasn't at my home church, but it was at my hometown. And some people that used to be at a church where I grew up as a kid and as a high schooler and they were there and I remember meeting with them or saying hi to them before service and they just one by one, these people 20, 30 years older than me were parents when I was in high school. One by one could bring up dumb things I did back in high school. Oh, you, you know, it was the equivalent of them like, you know, like grabbing my little cheek and here I am, a righteous man of God. <laughs> But I remember my insecurities just, oh, it was jabbing at me. The whole time during worship, all I was thinking about was those, I'm gonna, oh, I got a prophetic word for them today. <laughs> and something happened in my heart during worship. I just got over what they were saying. And I just got up there and wanted to say what God wanted. I got my heart in the right place, in the sweet place, in the presence of worship. And then from there on I preached a message and I. I felt like I, I did God proud. I felt like I did the right thing. After that word, ain't none of them said anything ever again about who I used to be. What would have happened if I would have allowed that to become offense? I would not have been able to receive what God was wanting to say, and I wouldn't have been able to bring breakthrough and freedom to anybody else. You cannot let people of your yesterday limit what God's wanting to do right now, and more importantly, in your tomorrow. So what we learn from that is let the king handle your claim. Let, go to the sweet place. Let the king handle your claim. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. David does send the army. The king does respond. And they open up a can of beatdown and <laughs> victory is there for God's people. The humiliation turned back on the humiliator. Let the king handle your claim. When I'm tested by toxic people or toxic situations, will I allow it to galvanize me or outrage me? Will I be outraged or will I be strengthened? When I'm tempted to walk in a fence, will I become stronger or will I become triggered? Will I allow it to pick me back to who I used to be or will I allow it to refine me and shape me in who I'm called to be? Be careful that you don't go to the wrong place with your pain. Your pain or your problems will leak out all over the wrong places if you don't get to the sweet place. Stay in the right place. God says, hey, take it to the one in charge. Bring it to the one who's gonna make it right. I think about even Stephen the martyr. As he was being stoned by the Pharisees, he literally said, God, don't hold this against him. That should be the posture of our heart. Matthew 5 says you're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy, but I am challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond. Instead of the energy of aggressive fighting back, turn your energy into prayer. And then you are working out who you've been meant to be all along. You work out your true selves, your God-created self. Realize it only comes in adversity. It's the opportunity to align your heart with more of Christ. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to the warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless. In other words, everybody's gonna have an opportunity to have the sun or the rain, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. I love the message. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. Goes on to say, in a word, what I'm saying, grow up. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. I have so much more, but we're gonna wait till next week to get to part two. Because what do we do when we're the ones who's offended somebody else? Some of y'all are gonna take that vacation three-day weekend for real because you don't want to get right with people. But the reality is this: we have offended God a hundred million times over every day, and yet He's taken every offense on Himself and placed it on the cross. Why are you carrying something that's already been nailed through eternity's cross? You don't have to carry more. I don't care what the shame or situation was. It's no greater than any offense we've done towards God and He has taken it on Himself and took the place of hostility so we could live in the place that is sweet, the place that is grace, the place that is loved, the place that is forgiven. Unforgiveness is a choice, a choice that you make towards somebody else. And you choosing it is only hurting you. I wanna pray for us the nearer, that need to let go of that invisible leash, let go of that offense, let go of that problem, that person's situation. Hey, as far as it depends on you, they got a part to play, no doubt, but you do your part. You do your part and let God do is. Can I pray for you? Why don't we bow our heads and close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much for every heart here. If there's been a place of offense, I believe right now in the name of Jesus, you are releasing it and you're refreshing their soul. Every problem with any person, no matter how great or small, if it's got a hook in their heart, if it's got a hold on their heart, release it right now. Lord, let them have the audacity and the character to let it go. Let me get to the right place, the sweet place where your presence is. And the fragrance isn't the frustration of what they're feeling towards another person. No, they're letting it go so they can experience your best. Lord, avenge anything you need to avenge, but we're not here to hurt anyone else back. We're here to bring healing and restoration so that your people can thrive. In Jesus' name, stay with me right moment. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you gotta receive that forgiveness. It's made available to all of us. I want to lead us in a prayer, even those online, right here, right now. If you've had an offense, maybe even towards God, what he did or didn't do, what you blamed him for, you got to let that go. you got to receive that grace. If you need a fresh start with Jesus, I'm not going to call you up. I'm just going to lead us all in a prayer together. If that's you, would you have the humility to say, God, I need you right now? Would you just put up your hands and say, Pastor Kyle, I need a fresh start with Jesus. One, two, three, four, five. That's awesome. Six, seven. I'm so proud of you. and a couple maybe eight, nine or so, 10 plus or so people, it's awesome. If you're online right now, you can put your hand up on an emoji, whatever it is, let's pray together. Come on, church, say this with me, say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. you have not held my sins against me. I've offended you, over, you. And over, again, over and over again, but you paid for it in full. You paid for it in full. Because, of that, because of that, I am free. I'm free, free from my sin, free from my shame, free to follow you. I turn away from my old life. I, turn away from my I am following, life. After following after you. Make, make me new. Save, save, me. save me. Grace me. Grace me. Anoint me. Anoint me. Change, Change me. me. My, heart my heart is yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hey, can we celebrate every changed life? Hey, I love you, church.